All right, so you uh, won an Emmy. Did you just say br- brass taxes? Yeah, what is it? It's, it's kind of like the Statue of Limitations. <laughs> <laughs> This is Tales from the Ditch. Welcome. Today we have, of course, as always, is Seth shifting in his chair, rubbing his beard against the microphone. And we have a guest tonight. His name is Logan Needham. Welcome, Logan. Thank you. You said my last name better than I've ever said it. <laughs> How do you... <laughs> it's the worst. Was thing. that the correct way to say it? And there... There is, with a name like that, there is no correct way. One I've never dealt with people saying bad. my last name wrong. <laughs> of course <laughs> not. <laughs> you, yeah. One time at one of our Thanksgiving parties, we had a ham. Mm. And I said, hey, Logan, do you need ham? And you were like, get out of my face, a-hole. I didn't laugh <laughs> I like I'd never heard it. You were super pissed. No, you were actually offended and he didn't talk to me the rest I of the I was not offended. I'm pretty sure you I were. promise. I, I've never, I haven't, I don't know if I've ever been offended. There was a kid. <laughs> there was a kid uh, whose first name was like Needham or something like that at elementary school. Remember? No, it was like his Needham Buckus. <laughs> You're making crap. It right. was weird. Okay. Get down to Sorry. the brass taxes. All right. So you've uh, won an Emmy. Did you just say br- brass taxes? Yeah. What is it? It's, it's kind of brass- like the Statue of Limitations. <laughs> I think it's brass tax. Is it brass tax? Like a tack. Like for upholstery. Everyone knows those are made of tin. I, I don't actually know this. Oh, I thought it was brass tacks and I was pluralizing it. <laughs> no, I think it already is plural. So it's like a tack. So what is a brass tack? Uh, it's, it's like a regular tack, only it's made of brass. What's it for? Tacking things. So what? Hanging like upholstery. I'm trying to understand. So let's get down. Oh, is it getting yeah, yeah. Uh, But I don't know. I I- what, let's get down to the brass tack. Let's get down. I thought it was a song. Brass yeah, you know what? Here. Hey, everybody. Let's get down. Get to down the brass, to brass tax. How about this? Brass is a uh, relatively heavy metal. So if you have a box of crap, wads of paper, small dead birds. Mm. The tacks are going to be at and the bottom. And some tacks that are made of brass. And you shuff that box around and then you're like going through the box. When you're like down to the end, down to the business. You've gotten to the brass. So tax. get to the bottom of it. If you were reaching to the bottom, I one hundred percent made that up. But. Attack. No, that actually makes sense. We're gonna say that's what it so means. So th- let's get All down to, to the brass tax. Let's put it on the internet and then it'll be real. <laughs> <laughs> make a web page. What what did you win an Emmy for? I won an Emmy for directing and editing a documentary that was about Meth. Mm, very Washoe County. <laughs> yep. It was an anti-meth docu- documentary. I think Seth was on that documentary. I think I was. That's possible. I was. Wait, uh, so the very the first one we did, Criminal you went to Sparks two. High School, right? Yes, I remember. Of course, this was after you were in high school, but because I was working a job and you and I are not that far in, part in age. No, but I remember so some of the footage there, being yeah. from Sparks High. That was, the, that was the first and last time we interviewed high schoolers because it turns out they're idiots <laughs> especially the methy ones they were so bad even the non-methy ones they were like oh goodness and it was it was terrible and what was it uh what was the device you made with your brother for national geographic what was that it was for national geographic we made a we called it the lunar leaper yes because alliteration's fun <laughs> 
it was uh to to describe that to somebody who's never seen it it's uh imagine a imagine a tripod that's 20 feet tall and on the top of the 20 foot tall tripod you put a teeter-totter that's like 40 feet long about and where that teeter-totter sits on the tripod it can teet and tot but mm. it can also pivot yes right and spin and now you have this 40 foot teeter-totter on a 20 foot tripod and at the ends of the teeter-totter instead of seats we put uh like ropes cables whatever that went down to humans who were wearing harnesses and you have a human a on one side and human b 40 feet away on the other side mm. and roughly matched in weight and we could kind of adjust some weights and then uh when you jump you were like weightless hence lunar yeah you, you could jump like, to the moon bowling, and you could jump like <laughs> 15 feet in the air and you could run and you and so when this whole thing got spinning yeah. you're kind of running and jumping in a circle like a goon but you run and jump and fly and it was legitimately awesome. It I guess fine. my big question is, who do you think you are, Logan, to defy <laughs> physics and go the against is, God? <laughs> I just, you, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, oh, man, what if I could do this one thing? And you, like, have these harebrained ideas. I think most kids do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like, think so. In no, your I have a fort question. building days. I just stuck with those ideas and I kept them until I was an adult and then <laughs> I, I think started doing it that is like the best plan you can have except for your marriage and career That's true. <laughs> but in all other areas i think everybody should aspire to do that it 100 percent does not pay the bills <laughs> and um i have a very very gracious wife Yes, she is. Yeah. Well, was it a blast building that with? Was it with your oh, brother so and dad, or so? Just here's brother? the thing: I always wanted to build that thing. Yeah. I had this plan in my head for years, and when National Geographic called, they were like, "Hey, we're doing this show called Mad Scientists, and we need. We saw this one thing you did, and it was cool. Do you, would you be able to build something cool for the show? Give us some ideas." They didn't say it as as <laughs> as. Hello. Not quite like it was. They were more like a normal person because it was a phone yeah. call. Yeah, but. Anyway, yeah. and so I said, I have some ideas, and here are three or four of them, and I don't even remember what the other ones were at the moment, but I gave them the ideas, and then like the next day, they called me back, or wrote me back, mm -hmm. and they were like, that giant teeter-totter thing, that sounds really <laughs> great. And I was like, cool, let's do it. And they said, all right, can you have it built by May? Because it didn't exist yet, so their whole premise... <laughs> The whole premise of their show was like they go to this guy or person who's invented this thing and they show up and the show is like, hey, we came to his garage and he made this cool thing. Let's make it way cooler. Right. That's the premise of their show. Mm -hmm. And so for us, they wanted to make this thing way cooler, but the thing didn't even exist in the first place yet. It was still just an idea. And so they were like, all right, we're coming to shoot in May or whatever. I think it was May. And they said, "Can you have one built by then?" And I'm like, "Uh, yep." Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't say no to National Geographic no. when they're like, I hey, remember "We're going to come and film a show at your house." Actually, let me clarify first. We make jokes about people's credentials. This is actually true. Every yeah, we're now not and then we, we have, have like real experts on, <laughs> and Logan legitimately has an Emmy. And legitimately has been on the national. We really Geographic do have to channel. tell people we're not lying because we don't. Because we always say that. Good. So I just wanted to <laughs> clarify that. Cry wolf. But much. I remember. Um, 
Uh, they came out here because they saw um, video of the underground underwater bubble room. Yep, that's what. That's why they called me. That's how they found me. That's what prompted them to find yep. you. And so Us, I remember I when they came. Yeah, call you guys. When they came, um, I the day that they filmed you at the bubble room, I went up there to try oh, to yeah. help out before and after. Yeah. Because it was like thigh deep snow. Yeah, it was. It was. There was snow, and I thought it was March. It was stupid. It, it was, may have been March, and they were like, I'm "Oh yeah, it's supposed to be hot." Because months of the and time don't yeah. work well in my brain, so it had an M in it. It was early March, and yeah, it was snow, and we were sliding yeah. down the bank, taking these scuba tanks down oh, and stuff. It was stupid. crazy. But I remember what's super poor host interesting died. about that. Yeah, is, is this poor host Ridiculous. just starts filming this brand new TV show, and he's kind of like getting his, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, getting comfortable with being this host. And he was, uh, so I went up there with Judah and Matt and me. We went up there, yeah. and we tried to get up there early to help you set it up, and then we took it down while you guys left with the I host. I totally forgot about that, but now I'm remembering yeah, we yeah, broke that's it, by awesome. the way. That's <laughs> it was a funny thing. Jordan uh, took maybe it to I'll the, tell that Jordan story. Jordan took it to the scrapyard. Like, <laughs> it was probably a good idea. <laughs> to set the scene, uh, Logan and his brothers built this underwater bubble room. So it it was like, I would say... Rad? The yes. top of it was 15 feet, 12 feet, 15 feet 12, down. 12, 15, yeah. And so maybe the the depth of the the floor of lake of a certain lake in our area was um was 20, 22 feet where it, where it was something like that. Cuz I remember I had to I had to clear my nose 3 times to get all the way down. Yeah, it was deep. It was deep enough. Yeah, it was to, very like, deep. Be legit. Yeah. But and so it was basically this big steel ring like eight feet in diameter. Eight feet in diameter with a net mm-hmm. going over it, and then under the net was a piece of plastic, mm-hmm. and you would you would trickle air under this piece of plastic, and it would slowly turn into this bubble, and it would be so buoyant that it would lift this giant steel ring. And the whole thing was tethered to these giant SUV-sized rocks. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and it was it was essentially a mouse trap underwater, which I found <laughs> unnerving. <laughs> And so, anyways, we got up there. What kind of mousetraps or mice you have? I I remember the game mousetrap. It was like a board game. Oh, yeah. And it drops this net on top of a mouse. I just liked reading the comments section on the YouTube video. Because were you the one responding to comments? I try to keep it. Oh, that's a death trap. I remember the reply was, (laughs) totally, man, it is. It's so hard to reply to these comments from beyond the grave. And I was like... Excellent. I'm going to yeah. watch this. Well, I have, a funny, <laughs> I have a funny story about how it was a death trap, too. It really was, probably. But nobody but died. It was awesome. And, like, it, honestly, it was a modern marvel. And I thought you guys were the coolest guys for building it. A real Rory Calhoun. Because I always want to go swimming. I always want to dive deep and hold my breath and all those things. And this just was the perfect opportunity to do that. Plus, you would have to refresh the air occasionally. And so that you would cool. pull the plastic over and ride those bubbles to the top, yep. and maybe your eardrums burst and your eyes bulged a little, but it was Don't hold cool. your breath. <laughs> um, That's so one anyways. of those things. It was like when I was a kid, a, li- a pretty young kid, I was like, you know, you like put a bucket over your head and you walk into the lake. And exactly. Like, oh, this is so cool. I can breathe. I'm like three inches down under the water, and it looked so cool and sounded cool. And that, as a little kid, I was like, Yes. I want to do this. And as a <laughs> nine-year-old until I was probably 10, 
or 11, my idea for it was stupid. It was like, okay, I'm going to get, I was going to get one of those big tanks, like a water storage tank, those big white tanks you see like on farms and stuff. I don't even know what they're for. Mm-hmm. I was going to get one somehow, like cut the bottom off it, and then anchor these giant I-beams underwater and use like chain hoists and pull this thing down and it's going to bolt benches on the inside. Like that was my original, original <laughs> That's awesome. idiot kid plan. And I just like let that fester. That would have been the back of our mind trap, forever. Oh yeah. It'd been <laughs> terrible. And then, and then one day my little brother called me. He's like, Logan, I was taking a shower and I had this crazy idea. What if you could like build a room that was like, underwater and i was like i've had this, <laughs> this idea my life's work. for for 15 years i am so glad let's do it and like neither his, his idea was like meh and my idea was like even worse but together like jordan and i were able to brainstorm and come up with something pretty freaking legit Dude, it, it was totally awesome worked. and we put it in there like a bunch of times and you guys welded this giant steel ring with hooks on it to hold the net, and you yep. welded this piece of plastic to make it big enough to hold the entire thing. It was cool. Yep. I'm glad you said welded for the plastic. So I follow, that's true. Because that's true, right? That's true. Technically. Yep. Um, I showed up there. It's chemical weld set. <laughs> I'm watching you. I think we showed up there. We don't there. need any Logan Needham trickery. <laughs> and we were trying to get up there before you guys, because yeah, we yeah. wanted to be helpful, but also we wanted to go to the bubble room <laughs> yeah. and be able to say that we... We wanted to be in the background in Tahoe in March with with four feet of snow with National Geographic with National Geographic Geographic underwater camera. It was what month was it during winter? I'm pretty sure it was early March. It must have been March because my brain had an M in it, and he said March. I know there was snow because that's like my claim to fame that I I I scuba dove Tahoe, and it was with snow on the shore. Yeah, it was like I remember. I feel like I remember it thigh deep. Well, so we showed up, and you guys were already there, and the National Geographic van was there and everything. And we're trying to find you guys uh, because of the snow, we had to find this alternate route. And it's almost like a cliff. It's practically like a cliff to get down to the waterfront. It's like illegal just parking on the shoulder. Yeah. It's not like a place. On the soft shoulder, yeah. It's like a sketchy place on the side of the Highway 89. And we come around this big boulder. I mean, some other highway that nobody knows about. And we see this guy talking <laughs> the jig to is himself. Up, Nino. And he, he's like, it turned out to be the host of the show. And this was like the third episode that he'd done. And he had no idea what he was getting himself oh into. Gosh. Because he was like, you can do this. He was like yelling at himself. He's like, really? you can do this. You can do this. And he was like rehearsing his lines and stuff. And then he saw us and he was like super spooked by us. And we were like, hey, man. Are you here with the thing? He, goes, he yeah, really did that? Show. Yeah. That's crazy. I had never heard that story. He was such a cool guy. <laughs> he John, was way cool. Was John, yeah, he was great. He was like, he always seemed like a cool cat. Like he just had it all under control. Yeah, That's he was. No, he was really good once he got on camera. But he was <laughs> like, because <laughs> a I talked so. to the guy who was, I guess, like the PA or something. And he was like, he was like, we had no idea you guys would have snow. This is the desert. This is like, we just came from... They were so from surprised. Like, yeah. They're and like, I was like, no, we we have snow every winter. They pictured we all of Nevada as like the Mojave. The Mojave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like nothing. Exactly. And they think that there's a border and then you cross it and you're in California and it looks like Yosemite. Right. 
Because people don't understand geography. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're in Nevada. They they expect it to be hot with like the sun baking. <laughs> it was hot. Cactuses and stuff like that. Now, honestly, we went down to my parents' house where we did version one of this Lunar Leaper deal. Mm-hmm. And it was like legit t-shirt weather. It was hot. Yeah. So, it, Well, up wherever we were at this large, just alpine lake in northern... Why can't we say the name? I don't know. I I think it's illegal. I just started by not saying the name because people are like, where is it? I'm just trying to follow suit. No, good. All right. As long as I'm I'm on to it. All right. This guy... um, (laughs) People found it. (laughs) ...was traveling to the... I'll let you tell this part of the story, but I believe he almost died traveling to the bubble room. The swimmer dude? The No, the uh, the host. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he had to put on the... I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, so (laughs) we... So just to make things weirder, <laughs> instead of uh, instead of just swimming down to the bubble room, so you to get to the bubble room, it's like forty feet out from shore. Nah, it's more than that. Eighty feet out from shore. Yeah, eighty feet out from shore, far. twenty feet deep, and you got to swim down to it. And normally you swim out over it, and then you swim down, and yay, it's fun. <laughs> but we had also experimented with this thing that we called the bubble helmet, <laughs> <laughs> which is. A Continue. stupid name for a diving bell. <laughs> yes. So something that's been around since, you know, forever. Not a new invention, but we thought it'd be fun to make. So the first one we made, we used uh, like a, a water cooler jug thing. You, know, you <laughs> yeah, could barely yeah. see through it. We had like ropes. Because you got to weigh it down. It's like, it's quite a bit of lift. So for every cubic foot of air, it's got 67 pounds of lift, which is the weight of a cubic. Does the lift increase as you get deeper no or is it constant it's based on volume so uh buoyant lift is equal to the amount of volume the weight of the volume of water it displaces so it decreases well it decreases if the volume decreases but if you keep the volume the same then it doesn't change okay oh by adding i air. see what you're saying okay right so yes density changes the right. density of the air changes it gets more dense so like yeah if you had a balloon and you filled it on the surface it would get smaller and it would get smaller and its buoyancy would decrease interesting okay <laughs> it would become more dense this the number of molecules wouldn't change yeah right but but at, the volume would yeah and that's actually what's really dangerous about one thing that's dangerous about scuba diving about diving bells <laughs> and diving bell helmet <laughs> ball helmet <laughs> oh such a stupid idea so the first one the first one we were like oh yeah we'll use a we'll use like a raft pump to like pump fresh air to the guy wearing the helmet huh. thing and we've got like pillowcases <laughs> tied to this thing filled with rocks yeah. so that you could because you had to get weighted down enough that you could walk on the bottom of the lake yeah <laughs> we, we tried it out at a uh, fallen leaf lake the first time and you're like pumping this pump you know so there's one poor sap on the surface just pumping his heart out right <laughs> sitting in a, like a little raft trying yeah. to pump air down so the guy down below doesn't die <laughs> and it turns out that water is really heavy yeah and so you get like you get that helmet like four feet under water and it's ridiculously difficult to pump air down to it right because just because of the pressure of the water and so after almost dying in our uh awesome you know crystal geyser water <laughs> helmet we made a better one and we used uh, a tube connected to a scuba tank which you just like crack this tank open a little bit and it just bubbles just let it overflow fresh air into your helmet Jeez. the whole time and then we made like these lead shot sacks that sit on your front and back to weight it down so it's like <laughs> and the helmet was this goofy like it was like a it's like from a street lamp or something i don't know you know like a big it's like a sphere of acrylic yeah 
And then, so you put it, it on, awesome. and your head looks like the size of a golf ball. <laughs> and, and we put it on this poor guy. We had never really even tested it. And we're like, all right, yeah, John, sure, walk this, walk along the shore out to this and you were dangerous to room. <laughs> oh, my gosh, he could have he could have died. They cut that all completely out of the show. <laughs> yeah. His, like, immediately since the water was so freaking cold, it, like, fogged up inside. He couldn't see a damn thing. He'd never, he'd never been there. He didn't, deeper and deeper into poor the guy. He did not know what he was getting into. He, he kept falling forward, too, I oh remember. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was freaking Was nuts. there any behind-the-scenes thing we didn't see that were, like, funny of, like, the, the producer coming up or saying, hey, it'd be cool if you guys said this or added some tension or we need some conflict and you were all no man I'm about the music and no, kicked over the camera and- we're just real no I, I I kind of half expected something like that but they they were very they were very much just like hands off like hey you be you do your thing yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. I have garage a actually funny story like I wanted to know Logan threw a whiskey bottle at someone that's what I was hoping for <laughs> Logan I don't know if I ever told you the story about after you guys left so after you did the bubble room you guys had to jet and do the lunar launcher yep um, leaper, so but, you know, whatever. lunar leaper, and <laughs> uh, we're gonna lose our sponsors. And now, Judah, Matt, and I, or I think maybe Judah went with you, and Matt and I. I don't know what happened, but Is we you- we were gonna take it down, da- take the whole thing down. So you filled it. And I've heard so this. I have video of this. Oh, you did. There was a GoPro on this on the roof. Oh man! So we so <laughs> Matt and I dove down to it, and we were hanging out in there and just being like, "Wow, that was fun." And we were starting to... You were like, let's go on YouTube and comment, have you hotboxed this thing? (laughs) We should smoke weed down here. (laughs) Oh, that was the other crazy thing about the bubble room was whenever there was like um, a swell or some waves. Oh, gosh, that was crazy. The air would condense into like a cloud. It was legit. And so every time, I think it was when you're in the trough of the wave. No, no, no. In the crest of the wave, so that you're in this yeah, bubble room, pressure. and then the air would all of a sudden get foggy, and then Jeez. get clear. It was nuts. And foggy no, and clear. It was, it was so, so crazy. cool. It literally, it was really a neat. cloud would form in the room, and then disappear, and then form, and then disappear, as every wave that went over the top. So <sighs> It was so cool. So, Matt and I are in the bubble room. We're standing on the sand at the bottom of the lake, 20, 20 feet down. With your nipples dry. <laughs> in, <clears throat> in like a Farmer John wetsuit with like a couple other wetsuits and a thermal because... Oh, gosh, it was so And cool. I didn't have a paddy card, and but I kept... I don't know if any of us did. Did you I don't have know a bubble helmet? Did. No, no, no. I was just down there with scuba, scuba gear. gear. Oh, okay. Well, so you don't and need the scuba gear amateur. when you're in the room. I don't yeah, know if we exactly. ever even really fully explained this thing. So yeah. like if you take a cup and you turn it upside down and you stick it in your bathtub mm-hmm. and you push it down, like the, there's air in that cup. Yeah. Now imagine you're a little man and you're standing in that cup. You can like stand in there and breathe and talk and like yeah. text yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. There's video of it. Just Google bubble room. You'll figure it out. And read yeah. the comments. Google, <laughs> Google, hair, Google the underwater bubble room, but uh, click on the one that says the oldest one. Yes. Don't, don't click on the friggin'. Italian dude who oh, like yeah. what's the location so we can sabotage it what's the location of the other one it's, it's in Italy. Italy I'll go there I it's don't a, care it's a mess we're in the bubble room and a lot was just said regulators and just kind of refresh the air yeah. by holding the regulator open and then my regulator froze open because I don't know if we mentioned it was freaking winter 
It was no. really cold. Yeah, it was snowing on the surface, or there was snow on the surface, and I don't know how much colder it gets, but it was much colder down below. Colder. You get like 10 feet down in it, there's like this... Thermocline. Yeah, that's a fun word. Yeah. And it's in the cold. bubble room, the air inside the bubble room was below freezing, because so the regulator cold. froze open, plus the compressed air, I'm sure, is cold, too. And so... We couldn't get it to stop. And I was like, crap. And we were like sticking our tongues in it and sticking our fingers in it. And we couldn't get the regulator valve to close. And this is, this shows you my loyalty as a friend and also my skill as a scuba diver. <laughs> um, I, we're sitting there arguing about how to get this regulator fixed and talking about how maybe we should separate the line and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I hear like, like submarine noises, like, like ting 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 and then i just see white and it's like foamy tiny bubbles everywhere and i can't see anything and matt and i were standing next to each other and i remember i did exactly what you should do in this type of situation i grabbed you matt yourself because I, I, I grabbed matt and i pushed him down to push myself up to the surface and i basically <laughs> I crawled up Matt and kept pushing him down so that I could get to the surface as quickly as possible because I was so paranoid that the mouse trap was going to spring on me and I would be stuck under there. And he still remembers it to this day because I oh essentially betrayed him. Isn't that tempting murder? I, I think it is. I got that. to the top. He still remembers it like night and day. You give me crap for a king skate country leaving when we picked a fight with a guy who you said the plan was to run away. And you gave me crap for his years later. But you pushed your friend Drowning him, trying to King murder King. him so you could live. It was actually you can't bring up Roller so King terrible. anymore. I still feel so guilty about Goodness. that. And this one time, I this lady got hit in the jaw with my surfboard. Those are the two things I feel the most guilty about in my life. But my not point the is, fighting ring with special ed kids. No, that I, I I didn't force anybody to do anything. So, anyways, uh, we got to the I got to the real. top, and Matt was just sitting down there, and he was raising his hands underwater, looking up at me at the surface, <laughs> saying, "Why did you do that?" Because it so, was fine. You panicked, but it was like it what went, happened it was went one, kink, kink, and it like I think the it was cable held slipped. by three. Yeah, it was held by three cables, and one slipped, so the thing came up, and I freaked out. And as the and good the good engineers that we are, we put two cable ties on two of the cables, but the third one we only had just one other cable, put a square knot, cable clamp. So we're like, nah, it'll, it'll be work. fine. It's what so it's it's National Geographic. Then, so what would happen was the buoyancy would increase because we kept adding air because my regulator was froze open. Yeah. And we, yeah, one corner or one corner, one section sure, of corner. the of the ring went up high. All the air started to escape, creating bubbles. I couldn't see anything and was scared of the mousetrap. And so I got out of there. Some please. of the air escaped. It was really funny. And then I felt really bad for Matt. And I felt Did bad you? that we ruined Logan's <laughs> creation. So it was it's pretty funny. It's like thousands of pounds of lift. Yeah, it's insane. It's like three to 4,000 pounds of lift. And then because those cables aren't straight down, they're at an angle. They're at like a 120 degree angle. And you like gonna, that prying yeah, so lever like, effect. Like if I'm, if I'm, holding a, if I have a 10 pound bucket of water and I put a rope on it and I pick it up straight up, that's like 10 pounds of stress on that string. Right. Right. But hmm. if I put that, if I try to drag it, if I like tie that rope to a doorknob and put the bucket on the middle of the rope and I hold the other end of the rope 
and I just pull straight out from the doorknob and try to lift the bucket. It's like five pounds, it takes right? a whole lot more <laughs> weight, or sorry, force, a lot more tension in the in the uh, rope. And so the the tension. Long story short, there's an equation for it. It's super nerdy, but the uh, the tension on each cable is like close to three tons. On wow. each of the three cables. It's ridiculous. That's Can I, crazy. before your lawsuit so question, I want to ask him die. a legitimate question. Yes. So, do you know what FOMO is? Like fear it's, of missing out? Fear yeah, of missing out. He knows. So he, here's, all right, here's what I want to ask. Okay. Was I not supposed to know that? No, I mean, you were. Uh, Seth, yogurt, had, right? Seth didn't know what it was till last week. So, no, uh-huh. I didn't. So, Time but Magazine. you know you have it. <laughs> well, yeah. Time Magazine has described Logan Needham. As insatiable, mm. merciless, mm-hmm. kind, ingenuitive, immortal. Um, no, I got a question. So with fear of missing out, some people might look at your life as like the grass is greener. Like, all right, uh, to put it into context, you've been in a band, you've done music, you've done these cool creative things. And I know some people who might have lived what they call their words, not mine. Oh, I've lived this ordinary life. I haven't done much. They sometimes, I've seen them do this when I tell my story uh, to guys who maybe followed God their whole life and didn't go off and rebelled and do things. They go, oh gosh, you have this crazy story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there might be a tendency to that. A guy might look at you and go, oh, he's done this, this, and this. Why haven't I done it? And make this assumption of he must have no regrets. He's had the super exciting life. He's always pumped. He can look back and say, I'm always doing cool things. He's never doubted. It's this grass is greener, like, oh, he's done cool stuff. Not knowing that you could do all these cool things and still struggle with the exact same things other people do, have the same weaknesses, insecurities. Preach. I mean, because I know some people who think like, oh, if I was just in this band, that would make my life better. Goodness, I probably think that. And, And then they meet the guy, and the guy in the band is an alcoholic, third marriage, struggling. Yeah. So... Have you ever dealt with that idea of FOMO, fear missing out of, oh, I wish I'd done this, I wish I did more, or still even looking at your life and going, man, like, is this even the life I want? Even if it was just at one moment in time, because it doesn't seem like you're a guy who would say, I've never had any struggles with anything. I mean, so it's just- that's a super good question, and it's kind of it's kind of a twofold answer, because I think I have struggled with some of uh, the FOMO stuff from time to time in recently, like in the last four years. Really? However, I, so early on in life, I realized, I guess, I don't know. I just, I just realized that I was a little different and that I probably wasn't going to fit in. Mm -hmm. And I probably tried to fit in a little bit and realized it was a, ton of work and yeah. it probably was going to cost money and it was going to be stupid and it wasn't going to be me and I sort of gave up on that and uh, I w- that got solidified when I started high school mm-hmm. um, so I was homeschooled until fourth grade and I was a wow ch- I didn't realize that me too. same with Seth <laughs> really? well I was a total jerk to my mom like yes. a lot of homeschool kids are. Same with Seth. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom had enough. And she's like, that's it. You're going to public school. And I deserved it because I was an a-hole. Yeah. And so I had to go to public school for two years. And then I then we reassessed the situation. So I went fourth and fifth to public school. End of fifth, it was, hey, do you want to go to public school more? Or do you want to be back homeschooled? And of course, I was like, yeah, please homeschool me. So I went back to homeschool. And I was homeschooled 
until high school. Oh, wow. So I had this weird, like, back and forth. Yeah. And then I started high school at Hug High School, which was... You went to yeah. Hug? You went to joke. Thug High? Yes. It was... The school itself wasn't a joke, but what was a joke was, like, the placement, end of year, whatever exam that I took wasn't the one that the school system uses, and blah, blah, blah. And it was oh, really? This, I, it was this big, stupid mess where they're like, well, we can't place you into anything because we can't read those test scores, so we're just going to put you in all the basic everythings. And so I was in, like, super basic science inquiry and computers zero and, mm-hmm. like, wh- whatever. It was a joke. It was a legitimate joke. Like, I knew twice as much as my science teacher knew. And not not in a prideful way. It was just, like, she was trying to teach kids who, like, would much rather be ditching school, smoking yeah. weed, and playing Mario than being at school. And I wanted to be at school because I wanted to learn stuff. Hmm. And so, like... Different than me. So right. her her, like target was way different than mine anyway my point is i was like this is dumb and people are idiots and everybody's trying to fit in and everybody's trying to do the cool thing and the cool thing is stupid and why don't you just and i just was like i'm just gonna like not care and so i stopped caring i didn't really have any friends anyway punk rock i went from homeschool where none of my friends go to public school i had friends but mm-hmm. they weren't in public school yeah and then i go to hug high school Obviously, I know nobody. My older brother was a senior and wanted nothing to do with me because he was way too cool. That's helpful. And it was like I was super alone. And I was, I mean, I'm sure I struggled with it. But ultimately, I became okay with it. And mm-hmm. I would just like, I there was these stairs behind the office. I'd hang out there at lunch alone. And I just was like, I'm just going to put in my time and like get through high school. This is stupid. And so I did two years at Hug. And then I transferred to TMCC High School. Yeah. And that was legit because... All of a sudden, I, w- I went from, like, all of my peers were, like, kids who are at school because mommy makes them go to school, and they're not, they're going to get in trouble but for being truant, to being in school with people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm here on purpose. Yep. Like, I know that there's some more to some life. Some of us. <laughs> I tried. The, the mentality difference was night and day. It was huge, yeah. And, yeah. and it was, like, it was wonderful. And so... I made um, I made up for the wasted years at Hug with my two good years at TMCC, and I don't even remember what started this conversation. What were we talking about? FOMO. People of how think you're super cool because and you know live a, your life. a guy who's been a Christian his whole yes. life might look at me and go, "Oh, Seth has done all this. I've missed out." Oh, for sure. And someone else might look so at you I, and go, "So I struggled with the whole testimony thing." Big time. Really? Like, big time. When I was probably 16, 17 years old, I got baptized when I was like 17. I mean, I was, quote, a Christian from... He's doing quote I, fingers. Quote fingers. Just so you know. I, I, like, did the sinner's prayer with my grandma on stuck in a snowstorm on the Pat Donner Pass when I was, like, eight. Oh, wow. But I don't think... I mean, I was eight. Yeah. You know, I was like, what's Jesus about? And she's like, here, say this stuff or what? You know. Mm-hmm. And I went to church, but I just... I don't think it... I feel like when I got baptized was was... More when I like kind of owned my own salvation, yeah, in a way, mm-hmm. and um, but I had never done any of the crazy stuff. I had never stabbed anybody in the neck. I had never like <laughs> stolen anything. I stole a plastic camel in preschool. I, I went to like daycare when I was like little, and I stole this little plastic camel. I like stole it. I took it home. Yeah, and I felt so freaking guilty for that. 
and I don't, I don't even remember if I like came clean. I remember the, the, the lady, the daycare lady's name was Lizzie and I thought she was awesome. And I just felt so bad and so much shame. And like, that was like the worst thing. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the worst thing, but like, I didn't have that, like, like, I didn't feel like I changed from something. Mm, Yeah. And so I actually spent some time like feeling like I was not like my testimony was stupid and not worth anything because huh. I'm just a guy who went to church because I went to church with my mom and now I'm a Christian and whatever. This is super boring. And I really, really struggled with that. Like kind of big time. Wow. Um, and then didn't know that eventually. And I don't know when it happened. There's no like real event, but eventually I just, I think I just, God was like, your story is your story. Yep. Like, like I died for you just as much as I died for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And like you're forgiven the same way anybody else is forgiven and that your sins are the same as other people's sins. And like, it just, it just kind of like, I must, I was just thinking too much of myself or something. Cause it was like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like <laughs> salvation is salvation. I don't, I don't have to do stupid stuff first in order for it to have value. And you right. witnessed to me without having those experiences. Cause I remember it was a MySpace message. You were like, uh, I guess all the cool people are cussing. And you're kind of making a joke. I was like, you know what? F you. I started getting mad. But then I was talking to you. I started falling apart going, I, for some reason, I want to be honest with them and tell them like, dude, I'm not in a good place and I'm struggling. And you were able to witness to me without that experience. And that's why I also wanted to bring up the excitement thing because I think there's an idolatry there of going, well, Logan did these exciting things. He must not wrestle with it. And that to me is you're, you're inadvertently saying these things, if you do them, get rid of these struggles, get rid of these insecurities. They'll fulfill me. They'll do this because if you're thinking, well, if I had do exciting things, I won't have regret. If I do fun stuff, my life will be perfect. If I do this and this, if you think of it, you're finding hope and fulfillment in excitement, adventure. Also, instead of just saying, I like adventure. I do it. It's no adventure will be a thing that ultimately fixes us. It saves me, fulfills me because I think the reason I struggle with stuff so much was I could not accept an ordinary world from like Mm. a young age. Mm. The idea of an ordinary world. I'm like, how can I accept the world as it is and get this nine to five when I can read Lord of the Rings and there's dragons and Mm. all this stuff, like never ending story was the one I Mm -hmm. went Dude, if that's how it could be, how can I accept how it is? So I went, okay, I'll be in a band and I'll Mm. tour and I'll be super, I'll just do weird things and have to stand out all Mm. because the idea of boredom was just a death sentence to me. And when people I feel like would look at your life and go, well, he must not have these struggles. I go, I feel like that's them putting hope in it of the thing that ultimately won't fulfill me is God or, you know, anything like that. The thing that's going to fulfill me is it, well, I just need more excitement. Well, I need to do what Logan's done. Instead of saying, no, God's going to fulfill me, heal that, help me with regret. It's no, it, it won't be God. It's my hope is in if I, well, if I just did this, like I've seen people do this, like I did this when I lost my fight, my amateur fight, I went, well, I'm still regretting because I lost. Oh, if I just won, then I went feel this way. When yeah. before the fight, I said, if I just had a match, win or lose, I'd be happy. Then I had the match. I said, if I just had a match, I'd win. And I bet after that, even if I won, I would have said, well, if I just got a title shot, mm, then yeah. I'd be happy. Because it's, I see it's this awesome adventure you've been on, 
But I don't want to ever feel the temptation of, well, but if I did what Logan did, that would fix me. That'd get rid of it. You know what I mean? Totally. I totally know what you mean. I, yeah, there's, <laughs> I struggle with all the same crap everybody else struggles with. Yeah. I'm dirt poor. I basically lost my house not too long ago. I mean, yeah. we sold it on purpose, but it was like because we couldn't afford it anymore. Yeah. And uh, it, we're renting now and that's hard. There's no place. We can't, you know, like I've struggled. I'm not trying to like paint a sob story, but it's like my life's not it's all reality. roses yeah. just because yeah. friggin' yeah. <clears throat> there's an Emmy or a National Geographic. Like that stuff is, I don't even think about that stuff until people bring it up. Like really? it doesn't even, yeah, See? I literally forget about it a hundred percent. It's not, just not part of my life until people bring it up. But people see that stuff and they think it's all great. But it's yeah, it's just I'm just a normal dude. And I think another, and this is part of the nuance of this whole thing. I think too, another part of is it, this the brass taxes of it? This is the brass taxes. <laughs> I looked brass, up the meaning while you guys. It is brass tax, and it said to get down to the basic reality of the topic. Like let's get to the core of it. The yeah. brass tax. I've been Did saying it? brass taxes for 20 years, and Sean has never corrected me. <laughs> Sorry. I I'll start correcting you on these things. <laughs> There's a bunch I could start right no, now. No, I want to know. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, so, there's nothing about dead baby birds in a box. So. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. I was so close. close. <laughs> um, there's Jeez. still, uh, I want to say, there's still consequences for things that you do that are awesome. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not like trying to like center everything and say that everything's relative and anything that's awesome is equally unawesome. Mm -hmm. But like, for example, being in a band was super cool and super rewarding and super fun. And we all can say that we shared in that experience, but it was also super depressing. And it also really screwed me when up no one shows up to a show yeah, for it, people exactly oh gosh, yeah. or or even like or just no like people. thinking that you're gonna be able to do this for a living and finding out you can't yeah you know and like things like that the bubble room i'm sure had some kind of consequences like all of the crazy awesome stories that we probably tell to impress people because we're insecure somehow all of those have consequences like sometimes almost always have have negative consequences that we don't we don't tell that part of the yeah. story and i think sometimes that sets people up to maybe feel that fomo because we're saying oh yeah i did this awesome thing because i'm so cool and we we neglect to say and this is how i'm still paying for it yeah. to this day yeah i agree with that at the same time i think that this is going to probably sound a little weird the way i I'm presenting it, but like, yes. <laughs> the, there's like, there's so much value to being optimistic in everything. So here's, okay, let me back up. Sorry. I'm already on board. Yeah, go I'm ahead. tracking with you, but go ahead. So uh, a couple years ago, we were driving somewhere, like on, we were driving to Oregon or something. Me and my wife, two, two daughters. Oregon? Oregon. Mm. To buy weed. Gorgeous. And <laughs> we... I don't even remember what it was. We're just driving, and I'm just like, oh, look at that. That is so cool. And there's like these grain silos or something. I'm like, oh, sweet. That's so cool. Oh, look at that bridge. I can't believe how they like suspended that. That's so cool. And then we're like, you know, wow, that that falling down barn that's 200 years old is just blowing my mind. I want to stop and take pictures of it. And I keep like pointing out these things to Angel, my wife. And she's like, 
I don't think she was getting frustrated, but it was just kind of like, like you gotta stop. What this. the heck? Come on, man! <laughs> like, I get it. There's cool stuff. Just drive. And if she would tell this story very differently, I'm sure. But that that spurred on a conversation between her and I. That I that was when I came up with the term enjoyer. So I'm an enjoyer. Like, mm. and I think that being an enjoyer, an enjoyer of things. So. That goes for just about everything. Like, there's very little I don't enjoy. I try to not be judgy about food. I'll try new things. Sometimes it's terrible, you know? Like, sometimes it's really bad. I went to, so before we had kids, we went to Europe uh, for like a couple weeks. My wife and I was like, we saved up money. It was like, we're never going to get to do this after we have kids. We're going to start a family. So let's go do this last hurrah. And Angel had salmon. Every single time, every meal, basically, because first of all, it was amazing. You're on the coast. You're in Italy. It's like beautiful. Salmon is guaranteed win, right? And I love salmon. I had salmon like once, maybe. I would take bites from hers, but I tried a new thing every time right, because right, I wanted right. to try. Like I just want to, I want to enjoy things. And I had some terrible, terrible meals. Like one of the worst. I love you more already. Pureed, anchovy, disgusting, slosh things I've ever really? had in Venice while my wife sat there and enjoyed her wonderful salmon. <laughs> and I don't regret it because it was an experience. It was new. It was, I learned from it. Preach, I, amen. There's like so much to enjoy. And it comes down to everything. Mm. Like, how, how the heck is this spring made? I don't know. There's got to be a machine that makes these by the thousands. Mm-hmm. And is it hot when they make it? I don't know. Like, wonder. Like, wonderment. You know how, the like, Jesus is like, come to me as children? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paraphrasing. But yeah. What is, what, one of the things that I think children have better than adults is wonder. They wonder about right. stuff all the time. And they're like, how does that do that? What's, can I fly if I jump off the top of yep. this thing? Like, how big of a stick can I carry? Like, they just wonder. Maverick stuff. asks 10 questions and then 15 clarifying ones. It's so good. interesting. It's so good. And I'm that way. And it is so edifying. It is like my favorite thing. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Right. I just love to enjoy things. I love to look at pine needles and, and dirt and bugs and wonder about everything. And I think that being an enjoyer um, is... I think anybody can do it. Like, right. It's not like you are or aren't like angel at that time in our conversation. She wasn't as much. She enjoyed stuff. She's a wonderful girl and it's great. But like, she's intentionally like tried to appreciate the little things more and more since then. And I think that that's, I don't know. Again, again, I'm like down a rabbit trail and I forget where we're going. No, no, no. It's good. I think you're right, and I think it's important as an enjoyer to not judge non-enjoyers. Because like you said, it's temporary. No, bring them in. Yeah. That's my favorite thing, is to, like, bring them in. Like, My wife, one time. Look at this. This is so cool. I know you've probably never thought about this, and I haven't either. But check it out. This is so cool. Like, somebody designed this. Right. Like, come on. My wife and I would be on vacation, maybe in some exotic place. Not... Not really exotic, but exotic for us, so not Reno. <laughs> and um, Tone and I'd be like, Reno, oh, the we Mojave have the Desert. ability to do all these activities out there and enjoy things. And she goes, 
you know what? I would really like to just stay here and watch cable because we've never had cable, you know? Yeah. And she goes, I just want to stay in the room and watch cable. I'm like, are you kidding me? The ocean's like right there. And she goes, I'd rather watch cable. Totally. And there's compromise there because part of me has to, has to be like, if that's what she, there's nothing yeah. wrong with what she wants. Yeah. If she truly wants to do that, then that's beautiful in itself. And like, she can do that. Um, so part of me has to do that, but like you're saying, the other part has to inspire her to mm-hmm. want to do something Bring her in, yeah. that I think is more interesting. And, uh, you know, on the contrary, part of her has to inspire me to want totally. to watch TV. Hey, maybe this cooking show is cool. Exactly. Yeah, and she's, she does that all the time. Whatever. She surprises me with stuff that I think is going to be lame and it turns out to be cool. Totally. Yeah. So, being open both ways is super Yeah, important. exactly. But I know, I know what you're saying, like, uh, being an enjoyer, uh, as you've termed it, you came up with that, right? Trademark? I patent feel pending, like I did, patent yeah. Pending. Yeah, patent pending. Um, being an enjoyer is awesome, but I feel like sometimes if, you, if you're not skilled at it, it can be isolating. Yeah. Well, for me, it, it helps me to battle that FOMO stuff too. Mm-hmm. Because I can look at I can look at you know FOMO for me comes into play. So I I don't know. Yeah, when do you feel FOMO? So I didn't for a long, long, long time. I was like literally there was a point in my life when I was like, I'm going to be a long haul truck driver. I'm going to be alone and stoked about it. Don't get me wrong. I was like, this is like a goal. Like I'm going to be I'm going to drive for a gajillion hours a day and go all over the country and I will never know anybody and I'll just be a drifter and it'll be legit. And then shadow pass. And then exactly. And I then, actually can I just just to interject real quick. I know I love cut people God, off all Sean. the time. I'm sorry, but I remember one time Logan you were like I was like what are you doing this weekend? This was a long time ago. And you were like I'm going to go down to like this was before you were married. And you were like I'm going to go down to like a record store in Sacramento. Yeah. And I was I like, cool. I was like, cool, dude. Like, let's do a road trip. And you were like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm going by myself. Oh, I didn't uninvite you. Come on. <laughs> you didn't uninvite me, but you were just like, I have a I weird schedule. You milkshaked fair- him and, and then went on. <laughs> I did a fair amount of road trips. Yeah, you were, people. you were definitely pro road trip. But I think I could tell. You were saying you had this weird schedule and you were going to have to leave early and come back early or something like that. I worked at three in the morning in those days. And Sean's tires were all slashed. That was weird. (laughs) Yeah, that was weird too. But either way, I could tell. And I was like, I I, I was kicking myself for not realizing this sooner. Mm -hmm. But I could tell that maybe a little part of it was you were looking forward to like solitude you and just having isolation. You know what's so funny is that I look back and see that at the time I, there's no chance. And when I first learned about the concept of like solitude or silence and solitude or whatever, just like being alone with God, uh, I had this huge aversion to it. I was like, that's crazy. This is impossible. You are asking me to clear my mind. What kind of a stupid request is that? <laughs> I cannot do this. And I, I was like mad about it legitimately. And, uh, I, I've since then, I don't practice it better or more, but I have definitely changed my views on it. Well, when I you're describing like, wanting to be a long haul trucker, 
Yeah, I know. Yourself. See, that's the it weird makes thing. So much sense. Because I'm like, oh, and then the other thing is, I was just talking to somebody today about this. Like, uh, Brandon Balkenbush. You guys know the Balkenbush? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Balkenbush rhymes with Bush. Yeah. Randomly, I was talking to him today, and I was telling him like, I definitely could have been, and still part of me desires to like just be a hermit, living off the grid, in the woods, raising my own food. No electricity, build my own everything, and just live out my life. And, like, mm. have a couple dogs and maybe a wife and kids, but, like, I could just do that. I could so be that guy. Um, oh, obviously, life is taking me a very different direction than that, but, like, I'm so into that. And I think it's because I, I find just joy in all the things. Mm. Like, yeah, I find so much joy in and everything. I'm glad you didn't get into drugs. If you're an enjoyer. Oh my gosh. There's so many things I'm glad I didn't get into. If I weren't saved, man, shoot. That phrase I, first of all, said on the show if part. I weren't saved, I'd be rich. I'd give you <laughs> that much. definitely true. I would be really rich. I would, uh, I think heists would be a thing. Like, <laughs> Dude, I am oh, actually... I'm actually starting to think that I could justify bank robbery. <laughs> what do you? What? That's, not, that's, that's all I was going to say about that. That's not all I know. Um, I do want to say it. All right. So we've known you because we try to do one of these each podcast. So we have different stories from growing up of stuff of like, oh, yeah, we shot Roman candles at this person or we blew something up. I'm sure seeing by the scar on your neck, which you've talked about, mm. I'm sure growing up, you have some stories of either fireworks blowing something up. Cause that's what we cut. You know, obviously tales from the ditch. Sean says, remember that time, you know, we had the dry ice bomb or I pushed Seth off a roof or, you know, I had, you know, or, um, I tried to drown Matt. Like what's the story wow. you have of growing up? Some crazy story. Oh man. So I, I have, a few. So I have like, I oh, I have a bunch. I have like explosion stories and stuff, but I think one of my most favorite stories, and I've only become comfortable telling this story recently. I actually think I've only fully told it one other time. It's very nice. Oh, feels so good. And your beard on the undies. Rubbing my beard. <laughs> They're stopping. <laughs> Say whatever you want to justify <laughs> All right, go ahead. To, to everybody else on the planet who's not here watching what just happened, that's going to be weird. <laughs> it was last time. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I've, I've told versions of this story, just leaving out some details, incriminating details, but I feel like I'm old enough. It's been long enough. Statue of limitations. <laughs> the, st- the, the, st- statue, the statue has spoken. Which is weighed down by brass taxes. Bryce, Bryce. That's right. <laughs> Those brass dang taxes. taxes from Obama. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, my brass. So, uh, uh, how, how old was I? It was, I don't know. I was probably 17, and I was uh, I was kind of in road trip mode. And uh, I could have been. Yeah, I was probably 17. Anyway, so me and two friends um, wanted to go on a road trip. And I had the, actually it was, a, I was going to say brilliant idea sarcastically, but it was actually a cool idea. All right. The idea was instead of going west where everybody goes from Reno to all of the like life cool stuff, we're like, let's go east and this will be our goal. Find as many hot springs and as many abandoned like ghost towns as possible yeah. in Nevada. Right. 
It actually sounds like a pretty fun trip. It was legit. So first, uh, I don't know how long it takes to get to Lodi. I don't know, but whatever. That was our. That's west, isn't it? No, east. Lodi? No, not Lodi, California. There's a Lodi, Nevada? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. It's I've like, lived in Nevada for it's 25 like, years. It's like 40 people. Oh, so this is actually, oh, this is actually kind of funny. So, <laughs> so we, we found at Savers a Lodi police uniform. <laughs> this is not the story I was going to tell, but this is a pretty funny okay. detail. Please. You have to now. Yeah. We found a Lodi police uniform, and we're like, well, we have to buy this if we're going out to Lodi, Nevada. Right. We're going through it. So we got out there. This is just a little side story. We got out there, and we we had my mom's minivan, Dodge minivan we borrowed. Um, and one of us would put on the uniform. we get on this little, like, side street in Lodi. One of us would put on the uniform and pretend... Like, pretend like we had just pulled over the van, but of course there's no squad car, so it's just a cop giving oh, a ticket so good. to a kid in a van on some like podunk thing, and then when we would wait until a car would come by, and then we would like ensue in a fight where, <laughs> where one, the driver of the car would get out and you know, start punching the police officer. <laughs> that is awesome. We were very fortunate that we didn't get in big, big trouble because people were like slowing down and it was weird. Um, cause I'm sure being up a cop and low Did probably. anyone try stop and help the cop? So people like slow down, way slow down. I don't know if anybody fully stopped. They're like, Hey, stop that. I honestly <laughs> think it off. they like slow down. They're like, what's happening? That cop's getting beat up. And they're like, there's no cop car. <laughs> that guy, that cop looks like he's 16. <laughs> he's wearing jeans. We're going to keep driving. And they just would go. That happened about four or five times. And anyway, we had our fun. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. The point <laughs> of the story. It sounds awesome. So me and these two friends went, we did our road trip. First hour of our road trip, I backed my mom's minivan into a big flatbed hay trailer at the Lodi Visitor Center. Mm-hmm. And like you do. Broke the back window. Like, so the entire trip, we've got like a blanket trying to keep dust. Cause we're on, we're going into ghost towns, right? So we're like four wheeling mob in this yeah. minivan out into the desert. It was, it was bad. We like thrashed her car. I felt really bad. I actually had to pay for it. <laughs> anyway. So we're coming back. We did all our ghost, ghost, ghost town, ghost town stuff and hot springs and it was awesome. We're on our way back home. And there's like just long stretches of nothing. And it was late and we were tired and so we were going to sleep. And so we just pulled off. It's it's a freeway, but there's not exits. It's just like the middle of the desert. And so you like slow down and find a dirt road and you take it. So we did that. We like got off the road and we like driving away from the freeway just in an attempt to get away from road noise and whatever. We're driving down this road. It's kind of going, going, kind of goes over this hill. And then it kind of like opens up into these these dirt walls that are like 15 feet tall and there's like a porta potty and like we're like oh wait what's going on oh we're in a quarry so it was like an open pit quarry like a big open pit quarry where they were like getting rocks and gravel for who knows what out in the middle of nowhere and so we like drive through this quarry a little bit we're like oh this is cool and it kind of crest over this other hill and there's like nothing really there it's just dirt right we crest over this other hill and there's more quarry and there's three giant beautiful caterpillar tractors and they were new and they were shiny and they were amazing 
One of them was uh, an articulating front end loader. So it doesn't steer with the wheels. It bends in the middle. They're the giant ones oh, with yeah. the tires that are like six and a half feet tall. Like huge, huge with a bucket that could like lift a house. Just like free and gigantic tractor. And then one of them was a track hoe. So it looks like an army tank treads with the big old like bulldozer front. Mm, Not yeah. a track hoe. That's different. But it's like it's a, track hoe. It's a bulldozer with it's the back hoe. track. Yeah. yeah just, like these things are just gigantic. You know, the, the pusher of it was six feet tall, seven feet tall. Huge. And then the other one, I can't remember what the other one was. Anyway, so we're like, oh, tractor's cool. We're nerds. And climbing around looking at them, we're like, ooh, there's keys in that one. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, pick the lock. That was, like, the logical thing to do was, of like, course. pick the lock and start the tractor. So we picked the lock. There was two sets of keys in that tractor, so all the tractors had the same keys. So <laughs> we, But there was only two sets, so we could only drive two tractors. So we opened that tractor, opened the other tractor. So we had the uh, articulating tractor and then the bulldozer. And we... There's three of us, and we just we played for hours. I mean, it was I, it was ridiculous. It was so much fun. It was oh, there's these giant imagine. piles of dirt and stuff, and we're like, just you know, it's a big sandbox. You know, oh, push this thing and move this over here. We tried to not like ruin things. We were trying to be nice, but we were still having a lot of fun. And um, these amazingly giant tractors. So there's always one person like riding on the outside of the tractor, screaming. You know, <laughs> it was like a lot of fun, waving a flag. And at one point, we're like, "Oh, let's just like mob it out that way into the desert, right?" And we're like, Bruh. and we drive. I can't remember which one. I think it was the the one with the tank tread things. We're like, Bruh. and it was like looked like sagebrush, normal Nevada, but it was like marshy, and we didn't know it, and we. And it just like bogs down and stopped moving, and we were stuck. And we tried, we tried getting it, we like tried pulling it with the other tractor, and we didn't want to get the other tractor stuck. And we're like, this is like a million dollar tractor, and we just got it stuck like 400 yards from its like home. We were so, we were like, oh crap. Okay, let's well, let's take this one back. And so we left it stuck way out in the desert, on way out, 300 yards, 400 yards out. And we drove the other one back, and we like, all right, let's put it back. And we like, put it back, parked it where it was, put the keys in, locked it back <laughs> up. Went to our minivan, was parked in eyesight of this whole thing, and we like started to set up like our sleeping bags. Like within forty five seconds of like getting to the minivan, we see headlights. It had become nighttime by this point. Uh, we see headlights, and a cop car pulls up. Oh no. <laughs> We were so sure we were going to jail. And the cop pulls up and he's like, hey, guys, what are you doing? We're like, uh, we're just, you know, on a road trip, camping out, you know. Just the Lodi Police Department. Too late. <laughs> so we're good old police Just officer. beating up cops, you know, whatever. <laughs> Too late to drive. You know, we gave him, like, whatever. And he's like, all right, well, we, we heard some reports of, like, some sounds and noise coming from over this area. Have you guys seen anything? And we're like... Oh no, we didn't. I don't know. We just we haven't been here very long. I'm, I haven't seen anything. And they were like, "All right, we guys be safe. Have a good night." And they drove off. What? And literally by by less than a minute, we. I mean, we would have been. I was probably grand theft, larceny, and yeah, I, really. I mean, it was all kinds of very, very, very bad things. And uh, we. That's the common grace of God, right there. Yeah. Gosh, it was like <laughs> it was pretty much the most amount of fun I've had. At least. 
had an attractor and sounds like it then, i've never driven like, a loader i want to drive one oh, of could you imagine logan in jail they're like what'd you do someone's like oh i stabbed a guy what'd you do logan well there was this quarry <laughs> <laughs> so there's a tractor see <laughs> oh the most court people is. go on road trips west <laughs> this is how the story <laughs> begins you gotta do you gotta find fun when you go east. Yeah. oh gosh gosh that's it was so, so much, much better than i thought so much that sounds i thought fun. you were gonna bring up casinos with maybe i don't know <laughs> air conditioning vents or weird stuff like that i don't know but uh i felt pretty yeah. bad about sticking somebody's million dollar tractor out in the this, but they got it out. I'm somehow. sure they figured it out. They had keys to the other one, so with the two, they could probably get it out. Oh, sure. I'm sure. So yeah. Some guys could hear podcasts yeah, in the Midwest or something. Oh my god! He has an eye patch. He goes, "That's my them. tractor." Yeah, he's like, "We found them." He just sends out <laughs> a team of John Deere guys. I literally, I, so I've told that story many times. Not many times. I've told that story probably eight times, and only twice. This is the second time have I ever put in the tractor stuck in the mud part of it because that's the part I feel really bad about. Yeah. <laughs> But, and hey. then we all just went home and prayed. All right. yeah. yeah, super Christiany of us. Uh, no, the other two dudes were very much not Christians, and we had a good time. That's awesome. I love that story. You want to ask I'm him the question of FOMO. questions? All right, Logan. It comes down to this, okay? And we judge you based on this answer. <laughs> cool, I'm down with it. Maybe take a long drink of that whiskey. If you have any cigarettes, smoke them now. Smoke them if you got them. What is better, cake or pie? Pie. Yes. 100%. Yes. Cake is so uncreative. <laughs> it's like bread with more sugar in it that you put frosting on because it didn't taste good enough. Visually, you can do more with cake, but visually doesn't matter. No. It's, in, it's, it's what's taste. inside your mouth that matters. Exactly. That's what she said. <laughs> Sean Myrtleberry Moss. You did it last time. I've done lots of things last time, but I'm a terrible influence. Yeah. I think that's it. Wait, wait. Before we wrap this up, I brought you guys something. Oh, what? This isn't going to transfer well to to podcast at all. Nobody can see what I'm pulling out of this bag. Logan has a backpack, and he looks like he's pulling something out of it. But wait, but wait for it. Let me open it. I only have. It is. You didn't wait? You guys hear this? He's he's un. No clue. He's breaking some tape and. Wrapped in. Plastic wrap? Daryl cellophane. Oh my gosh, what is this? There's a wooden handle sticking out of a protective cover of some sort. Oh my gosh! I uh, didn't know much about this place except that there were weapons on the wall. (laughs) So I made it's you guys, an axe. I made Seth. you guys a Put weapon. Put that on your Instagram. I made that last night. Oh my gosh! Because I felt you like I felt like that's the, the thing you do is gentleman. you bring a gift. This is the first gift we've ever had. I so think. So it's like alcohol. a buzz saw axe, right? It, it yeah. Like- I was. It was one in the morning, and I was like, "What can I bring them?" Oh my gosh! And so gosh. I stood in my garage and I looked around. That is beautiful. And I have a drawer of. Hammers. Oh, I see. It's a skill saw blade. It Cut. is. Oh, yeah. genius. It's oh pretty gosh. sharp. So, <laughs> I don't think you could chop anything really with it because it's got not a lot of mass, but. Oh, it can, look you at that beauty. Someone. It's cool. This is for murder, oh Sean. Oh, you legitimately sharpened it. But I really made, yeah. Oh, my God. It was kind of fun to make. This is beautiful. I feel so honored right now. I, I don't know how to express this. Don't so know I, what to say. What about these other lame I guests? I made you a weapon. <laughs> no. 
Dude, this is legit. This is, yeah, it's cool. Can we put it? it was we can kill it. Yeah, we're putting I, it. I'm not going to lie. After I made it, I was like, maybe I should just keep this. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Oh, this is so sharp, dude. Could you sharp. imagine defending like, your like home with that? Thing. Yeah, Wait. it just looks Seth. freaking scary. It looks terrifying. That's the problem. This is amazing, Logan. I'm seriously honored and... <laughs> oh, gosh, that's beautiful. Look. I feel... This is amazing. This is the first gift we've ever had. The storm is blowing in now that Logan has a weapon. <laughs> what? No, it's God. Did you kill to give us this, Logan? I feel like... I sacrificed a hammer and a I've done blade. something right with my life. All FOMO has disappeared from from my uh, my. No psyche. FOMO. No FOMO, no mo. <laughs> I was, I, it was 10 o'clock last night, and I was falling asleep on the couch, and then, like, 1 o'clock rolled by, and I'm like, I need to make a weapon. And that's, <laughs> I did, because I'm an idiot, because I'm that kind of guy. That's what I love about you. <laughs> I just decided. I decided. Deciding is all of it. That's right. Today we will make a covenant it. with Needham. Uh, <laughs> a covenant of weapons and blood and dirt. <laughs> well, Logan, I am so stoked. I'm going to make a much better mount for that thing, and that is going to be the new centerpiece. We're going to have to take a new, I new picture. I don't know what to say. I know. I feel so honored. Well, I love you guys. Thank you. We love I really you, Logan. Did. Yeah, really I was... Uh, um, no joke. I was like, I love you guys, and I wanted to bring something. Literally, I will die a thousand deaths for you now. <laughs> See, Before Ryan... was a hundred. Ryan Smith, we were on the show, I said, hey, do you have a gift? And he said... How dare you make eye contact with me? Yeah, he's like that. Man. And he spat in my face. <laughs> and he liked the new Star Wars. I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> Why are you starting that again? That's in such a long argument. Oh, I just... Uh, so many things that people Gosh. do. But Logan comes in here and sets the standard. It's amazing. I really felt like... I was like, you know what? I see a glimpse of the new heaven, new earth, and he pulled out that weapon. <laughs> it just gave me hope. There's a it's part where I went, you know what? If you have any questions or mainly complaints, send them to talesfromtheditch at gmail.com, which Sean will answer. I will not unless it's an easy question and yes. I'm awake. Go to talesfromtheditch.download to subscribe or just go to all the regular podcasts. Shout Engine, oh, yeah. iTunes, and Player FM. We want to... Plug a local artist, Brian Baltimore, has um, oh, yeah, just yeah. put out or will in the next few days put out a album called Carpe Noctum. And Noctum. we have a few of these to give away. So the oh, first okay. three people to email us with uh, Mortal Bergen in the subject will oh, get wait, a free... <laughs> CD. Hold on. It's just making sure that what's, you don't give CDs to random people. Okay, yeah, you got to work for it. What's yeah. the phrase? Mortal Bergen. Is that in a real the subject word? Line. You have to spell it right. Mortal Bergen, I don't believe, is a word. It's pretty easy to spell. Is it like anti-disestablishmentarianism? No, 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 that's an actual word. It's cool so Mortal Bergen. <laughs> Mortal Bergen. Do you have any other words that you would like to see in the body of the email? <laughs> Seth or Logan. That's like the name. I give my daughters names. So I just like name things when they're like, oh, we should name these chickens Susie and Banana or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, how about Throttle Morton? <laughs> yes. The girls usually just roll their eyes. But then the other day, this is, this is a proud moment. Tallulah came to me and she said, Daddy, if I have a son, <laughs> I'm going to name him, name him Thromborton. 
<laughs> that was a name that I had suggested for that's a chicken awesome. at one point. And I said, sweetheart, I'm so proud of you. Oh, <laughs> I will amazing. hold you to that. And then when I told Angel that I told her I was going to hold her to it, she's like, no! <laughs> she was mad at me for saying that. But Trom Borton. So, yeah. what was the other one we just said? You came if up with why would I know? Oh, if you sent an email with the we'll subject of whatever the other one was and Throm Borton <laughs> or Throttle Borton, I can, I can. we will... We will give you a free CD. We will literally mail it to you or Ooh. deliver it to you, depending on it's where you live. It's going to cost you like five bucks. It depends where you live. Yeah, it really. If there's depends. a terror, I just might throw it real hard. We'll give you a digital version <laughs> if you live somewhere not in you Reno, just, Are you talking about people listening to a different call, continent? Just call on the phone. We'll play it. Actually, no. Phone. We'll send it out. We'll send it out to different continents. I will. I will. Uh, I feel like you're being liberal with the term we. <laughs> I will send it's it. Less, Sean will send it out. It's less than twenty bucks to go out of the country. Either way, we'll we'll send we'll send you a CD. No matter what continent you are, if you email us with the correct <laughs> code, Robert, <laughs> you'll have to rewind it to find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have been listening. It's not that we don't know. You should have been listening. You have to we'll listen send you again the from the beginning. Hmm. And did you want to plug Reno Judo Club? Oh, yeah, again, just uh, Reno Judo Club with Baruch Torres, awesome guy in the community. Uh, he often, he cares so much about kids building confidence or learning these things that he often will try like, find ways to do sponsorship and scholarships for them. And he's just an awesome guy. He really, uh, he, he is one of those guys, I don't say it often, but a lot of people say they're a martial artist. He is, like, world class. Like he would train kids to just this amazing level and he's relational and he's, and he's one of the nicest dudes I know. So Reno Judo Club, Baruch Torres, they're on Facebook. Just awesome guy. Check him out. Yeah. And also always check out Logan on Etsy. Sure. What's your Etsy thing? Yeah. Just go to railandoak.com. That takes you to my Etsy page. Oak. Also. There's a website that exists that nobody knows about, but I will eventually link that up. Also check him out. He's I'm a dork on mm. license plates. Yep, that's my license plate. And, and creator of the Upside Down Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and check out Crystal Darkness if you get a chance. Oh uh, yeah, that no, is no, don't that. check it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it if, you're gonna, if you're going to check one out, check out Colorado or Arizona. Don't check. Out I was on National was Geographic so for four seconds, but it was a very different documentary. Yeah, we. Uh, Gang culture. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Just for four seconds, and I had a mask on, so luckily, if mm. you don't know my tattoos, you don't know it was me. Take that, jobs I worked at at the time. <laughs> yeah! All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, this has been Tales from the Ditch. Zip it up. Zip it out! <laughs> Co- copyright, not ours. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, I can't believe you brought a weapon. That's awesome.